details of my life are quite inconsequential. Read my lips. If you have sex, your penis will fall off and land in another dimension populated entirely by dogs who will eat it. Well, that's something I'd like to avoid. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I'm a paladin with 18 charisma and 97 hit points. I can use my helm of disintegration and do 1d4 damage as my half-elf mage wields his plus five holy avenger. And as president, I'm going to make it impossible for congressmen or lobbyists to slip pork barrel projects or corporate welfare into laws when no one's looking. Because when I'm president, meetings where laws are written will be more open to the public, no more secrecy. That's a commitment I make to you as president. The Michael Graff Show. It is my opinion he is a danger to himself and others and is in need of treatment. Finally, a guy in broadcasting that represents the very average side of us all. The following broadcast is in the hands of a college-educated, barely-employed guy that does a podcast for an audience of fewer people than Paris Hilton has brain cells. It's hard to imagine that he's perpetually single. Now, from the middle of desert Urbania, this is Michael Groff in Exile. What's going on? It's, uh, I think it's Friday. Check that out. How quickly time flies. Oh, man. It's uh, Friday, July the 9th, 2010. And it is, uh, man, it is. I've cranked the air conditioner down to freeze your balls off. That's actually the setting that it's on right now. And it's still warm in here. It's still cooking. I walked over to Subway today. I got to tell you something right now. I walked over there uh, with Debbie. Excuse me. And uh, it was like 112. I don't know why I walked over there. It doesn't matter. You know, I'm out of my mind, okay? I'm insane. All right. So it is I, the voice of reason, because nobody else wanted to do it. That's why I'm here. Uh, Michael Graff in the chair. It is uh, Friday, July 9th. Thank you so much for joining us. Mike at KMGX.com, our email address. It is Mike at KMGX.com. That's also the PayPal address for this program. For your most generous contributions to this show, keeping us on the air, we do appreciate it. AOL Instant Messenger, Michael Groff Show, the screen name. It's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-R-O-F-F Show, AOL Instant Messenger. And, of course, for all things Michael Groff related, you can go to the one, the only. Work in progress, always. MichaelGroff.com. All right? I think, uh, I think I'm going to I'm gonna do a, a great service right now. This is something I rarely do this, but I have to do this because it's it's important. I'm actually going to do well. Actually, I do this regularly. I'm going to do somebody else's show prep for them right now, and and I'm actually going to let them borrow this. Uh, I don't even think this is their show prep. I think 
they already know about this. I'm sure they're going to talk about this. This is the entire show tonight, I'm sure. But our good friends over at Coast to Coast AM with George Nori, the show originally founded by Art Bell, and they talk about the aliens and the rectal probes and and gloom and doom and ghosts and everything else and conspiracy theories and all that kind of stuff. And yes, some scientific stuff. There's some legit stuff, but I don't care about that. So anyway, I, uh, I'm i going to do their prep for them here. Um, did you see this, this story about this, uh, this UFO that they spotted over China? They had to close down an airport in China because there's this mysterious UFO blazing over top of it. And if you look at the picture, it kind of looks like, I don't know, maybe it's a missile or something. Uh, I hate to... I, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert here is... Um, I think it's... Uh, I think it's just a vehicle that the Chinese are testing. I mean, sorry. It, it doesn't look like anything... Um, flying saucer related it's just just a vehicle that the Chinese military is testing that they don't want you to know about and you'll never be able to google it in your entire life if you're in China so of course you can't even get this show if you live in China I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure you actually can't we should test that sometime except that would involve me going to China and we just know that that's never going to happen my list of places that I would go in my life, my list of places where I would feel comfortable going is a very short list. All right, anyway, on that note, let me just say it is Friday. So, of course, we inevitably have to welcome James, who is Hello joining me there. digitally. He is here. Hello. Yo. So what's going on with you? How's the summer treating you? I understand that it's, it's oh my God, it's hot there. It's like 90 hot quote-unquote you know it's uh it's new england hot yeah they're having they're having a heat wave in the eastern part oh. of the country we covered this on the show the other day but the heat yeah. wave that's gripping the area and of course the global warming kooks i i guess they're they're out again they don't realize that you know it's summer and it, it gets hot in the summer and some somebody but the planet's warming up yeah See, this part of the globe, the northern hemisphere. See, we divide the globe into these things called hemispheres. I'm just explaining this for the global warming people that clearly are victims of public education. The globe is divided into these things called hemispheres. And uh, in the period of time, uh, starting actually in December, for in late December, about the 21st of December, give or take day, the globe starts to turn, and that hemisphere that's the northern hemisphere starts to turn toward the sun. And by June, that hemisphere is tilted at about mm, a 23-degree angle toward the sun. Oh, Mike, how long have you been sitting on this information? Yeah, and get this, and that, oh since it's tilted toward the sun, it's getting more of its direct energy and therefore no th that Fight. part of the globe is heating up we should just do an infomercial for Are those of you, you victims of public education that believe in global warming this is for you it's My, new how, how long have you been sitting on this information really it's new winter be gone courtesy of well actually it's courtesy of the moon which provides the tilt 
for the planet. But anyway, so I, I just thought I'd let everybody know that. So anyway, it's been warm there. It's summer, and uh, well, it's been hot. And yeah. uh, yeah, but I've, I've been drinking like five bottles of water a day, more even. Well, that's good. You should you yeah. should drink a lot of water. We water in- is good. It's Mother Nature's milk, after all. Uh, yes, y- yes, it is. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> so, um, is that what's been going on with you? Uh, anything else exciting yeah. that we should know about? Uh, I got new Japanese romic books. Yeah. Yeah. What? What? what what's? At, at yeah. the, I, I'm. I'll. I'll. I'll bite. What's that? It's manga. Ah. You know, just, you know, like Naruto and Bleach and One Piece and whatnot. Yes. Well, it's I don't know that, but I... Like, is, you know, he's clueless, but this this will relate into a story, I swear. It's uh, <laughs> it's anime comics or something. Is, is, yeah, is that... it's... Um, it's basically the uh, pre-form of anime, if you will. It's uh, you know, it's just a comic book, only you know, it's Japan and ported into America. Yes, yeah. for those of you that don't know, James actually has an anime blog. Yeah. So if you're interested in anime, he's the guy to go to because he's the anime guru. I know nothing about it aside from I know that Sailor Moon was anime and Dragon Ball. Yeah. And Dragon Ball Z. And a lot of that stuff that was on Cartoon Network, and I, 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 yeah. I know that. Yeah, that's that's it. all I know about anime and, uh, yeah, and and Pokemon and Digimon, which uh, really is, which God. really isn't no, anime. No. It's that's just it's just Japanese imported crap that became Americanized. Yeah, don't remind me of the Pokemon and Digimon thing, though. Well, as I understand it, Digimon. Digital monsters, Digimons are the champions. That's that's what I understand. I'm that's what I'm told. Somebody's telling me. All that. I know is that four kids is the devil when it comes to anime. So <laughs> Digimon and Pokemon, they they can go shove it. All right. Uh, on that note, let me just uh, mention this. Um, we have a lot to get into. Obviously, you know, you know how this program works by now. There's a lot of stuff that's going on out there. We have a lot of things to talk about. Gee, I wonder what we're going to talk about. Anyway, there's a lot of things happening. There's a lot of things that are called news. There's CNN's interpretation of news. There's Fox News's interpretation of news. There's MSNBC's interpretation of news. Interpretation of news. Yes, but all that really matters, the only thing that matters, aside from James' anime blog, is what I think is news. Yeah. Idiots! Everyone has their own definition of what's newsworthy. The feeling most people get when they hear a Barack Obama speech, my, I felt this thrill going up my leg. I mean, well, I don't have that too often. I guess some people shouldn't be gatekeepers of the news. <laughs> but lucky for you, the decisions are now in the capable hands of this guy. Wow! It's time now for Michael Graff's seven most salient, salacious, and stimulating storylines of the day. Uh, you know, I, I have to tell you, I should really think about installing a mister system in here. I, I don't think that'd be good for the equipment, but we have to figure out a way that we can have a mister system or, or something in here. <laughs> As opposed to a mister mister system. 
<laughs> oh, you got to get a mystery system for that lungs and whatnot. Big snap for hell. Yeah. Number seven. All right. Uh, the World Cup final. Oh, my God. Finally, this World Cup is over. Uh, as I predicted, when the United States was out of it, nobody would care anymore. I don't know a single person that still cares about the World Cup. Aside from, from the beginning. aside from Spain and the Netherlands, and that is, by the way, your final. And uh, I, I honestly, I, I don't think it's humanly possible for me to care less about it. So why am I talking about it? Because apparently it's such a big deal. I want to see, I, I'm, I'm going to be very curious to see what the ratings are this weekend here in the United States with regard to the World Cup. If it even draws half of the audience that it had when the U.S. was involved in it, I will be shocked. I am shocked. I will probably take a gold dump if it even gets <laughs> half of the ratings that this got. All right. Uh, Number six. It's possible. Uh, Arizona defending its lawsuit against the feds over SB 1070. And uh, the people of Arizona have raised some money. They've actually raised a lot of money. A little fundraiser going on here in the state to help defend this this unjust lawsuit that the government is filing. And we're going to get into this. You wouldn't believe it. I don't think Eric Holder has read the bill still. But he did get the top U.S. attorney on this. And we're going to talk about it. But anyway, Arizona has raised half a mil to defend it. So take that, feds. Number five. Of course, you know, the feds have a lot of their own money. They'll just borrow it from China to help sue us. Uh, the U.S. and Russia have a spy exchange. It's uh, the U.S. Uh, gave 12 spies uh, back to the Russians, uh, I don't know, for cash considerations and uh, hopefully for LeBron James. That's that's all. That's all I know. Who cares about it? <laughs> Number it's, four. It's a big deal. But uh, no, this is a big deal. The AIDS vaccine. Have you heard about this? The AIDS vaccine. They say that they have now uh, created um, antibodies that fight 91% of the strains of HIV. So the next step logically wow. is, will there be an AIDS vaccine? My only concern about this story is we hear about this a lot. I did a story a few years ago about a uh, possible vaccine for AIDS. And that they had, these uh, researchers in Houston had come up with a vaccine for HIV or a uh, uh, something. They, they had come up with a way to, to neutralize the virus, actually destroy the virus. And then we never heard anything about it again. And that's what I'm afraid is going to happen here. So I don't want to get anybody's hopes up too high, but uh, maybe, possibly... Instead of having to take a pill cocktail if you have uh, the HIV or AIDS, now you can actually just... That's why I just support product red. Get rid of it. Yeah. Number three. 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 Riots in Oakland. I know that doesn't sound like news, but it is news because it's actually a very serious story. Uh, violence escalated after uh, the verdict in a case of a white police officer shooting an unarmed African-American. Uh, this goes back to uh, January 1st, 2009 incident. Uh, the jury came out and found the officer guilty 
of manslaughter, of involuntary manslaughter and not murder, which is, of course, what the community wanted. And as a result, violence broke out. Well, what else do you expect? That's what happens in this when when you don't get what you want, just riot and yeah. hope for the best. Because you know that worked out so well for L.A. Yeah. Terrible story. Number two, two. BP. Two. They say that the cap will be on the well on Monday. That would be <laughs> day number eighty-one of this fiasco in the Gulf. I'll believe it when I see it, but they say that they'll have that well capped off completely. Now, they have an existing cap on it, and they're, it's it's not really working. So they have to take this cap off and then put the new cap on on Monday. Cap on. Cap off. <laughs> the capper. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now, of course, the obvious question is, what sort of ramifications is this going to have? Uh, are we going to see all the things that we've heard about? Are we going to have more fissures appearing on the floor? Is the pressure just going to build up and blow this cap completely off? Is, it gonna, is the well going to explode? What sort of ramifications? Obviously, questions abound. Naturally, we've gone into the whole logistics of this entire oil spill from the beginning, but there's still a lot of questions to be had, and I'm still waiting for the federal government's response. Oh, wait, they've been there since day one. <laughs> 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 sure. Number one. Number one. A long sigh. LeBron made his decision yesterday. Yeah, boy. And he's he's going to the Miami Heat. Why I have to talk about this, and why I'm going to talk about this, it's because. I have to, once again, I have to bring some common sense to this discussion. And we have to, I have to settle down a lot of people out in the audience and a lot of people that just have gotten carried away with the fiasco. And the city of Cleveland, I think, wants to stone LeBron. I, yeah. I, I really think that. Anyway, that's just some of the stuff that's on my radar. All right. Yeah. Who needs billion-dollar cable news when you've got Michael Graff? All right. We're going to bring it front and center. We're going to get into it. Trust me. It'll be fine. Um, It'll be fine. It's going to be okay. We also have to give you a religion of peace update. Uh, the religion of peace is, uh, is out of control once again. This time, I'll, I'll even give you a little sneak preview. We go to Iran for this. Also coming up on the show, we have the pop chart. We have that. And um, James is going to give you a list. Let me see if I have this. I, I, I committed this to memory, and I I'm, I'm very well may have forgotten, but it, it's the most, what is it? It's your most expensive list. And this time, it is the most expensive, what is it? Board what games. The most expensive board games. All right. Yeah, so we, it's basically... Basically all chess, which is astonishing to me. Wow. Well, that's. I guess I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. I so, think there was like one game of backgammon or something. Before I get to the LeBron James thing, I have to talk about this, of course, because the Department of Justice has filed a lawsuit against the state of Arizona. Now, we know that. We talked about that on the last podcast. 
I'm pretty convinced that Eric Holder still hasn't read the bill. I'm pretty sure that the president of the United States has not read the bill. I'm pretty sure that most people in the Department of Justice have not read the bill. Because if they have, there's this lawsuit has no merit. Now, they're not actually filing because they believe that this is going to cause racial discrimination or, or any kind of profiling. That's not the basis for which they file it. Um, but I, I want to get you a little background on this. And I, I want you to know who exactly is filing this, um, this lawsuit. And the main author, the main guy that's going on uh, record in the Department of Justice is a guy named Thomas E. Perez. Now, a little know your enemy here. Thomas E. Perez, uh, he is, he's the son of immigrants from the Dominican Republic. He's a far left lawyer and activist who worked for the... Um, Late uh, mass illegal uh, amnesty champion. He was a he was a big time advocate for amnesty. Uh, he served during the Clinton administration in the Department of Justice, well, while holding yeah while holding down a key government position there in which he was entrusted to abide by the rule of law. Perez volunteered for Casa de Maryland, which was a notorious illegal alien advocacy group. Found, uh, funded through a combination of taxpayer subsidized grants and radical liberal philanthropy, including including billionaire George Soros's Open Society Institute. Not to mention more than one million dollars showered on this group by Venezuelan thug Hugo Chavez. That's the guy that's behind this. That's the person. This, this is the guy that's... Talk about conflict of interest. Now, a guy I'm that was going in, out on a wing here, but I'm betting this guy also believes in global warming. <laughs> Perez rose from uh, Casa de Maryland volunteer to president of the group's board of directors. Under the guise of enhancing the multicultural experience, he... Um, crusaded for an ever-expanding set of illegal alien benefits from in-state tuition discounts for uh, illegal alien students to driver's licenses. Casa de Maryland opposes enforcement of deportation orders. It has protesters post uh, uh, 9-11 coordination of uh, local, state, and uh, national criminal defenses. And produced a Know Your Rights propaganda pamphlet for illegal aliens depicting federal immigration agents as armed bullies making babies cry. Uh, this, that information is courtesy of Michelle Malkin, who uh, showered some more information on who this guy really is. So the people of Arizona need to know, they have the right to know who exactly is suing them because it's the Department of Justice, but who is behind it? What forces are behind it? This is the, the you're talking about a very, very unsavory character here. A guy that's openly out there as an open borders kind of guy. 
Oh, there's more, by the way. In 2006, the same organization that this guy was uh, was on the board of directors for, this Casa de Maryland, they threatened to protest at the schools of children whose parents belong to the pro-immigration enforcement group, the Minutemen. And then headed into the Montgomery County, uh, Maryland public schools to recruit junior amnesty protesters who were offered school credits for traveling with Casa de Maryland to march on Washington. So that's great. This is the guy that's... So we, we know that he has an agenda. This has nothing to do with constitutionality. This has nothing to do with right, with states' rights. This has nothing to do with anything. This is a guy that has a personal axe to grind. Face with palm times the hundred. With anybody. He, his axe is to grind with anybody that doesn't buy into his open borders illegal nonsense. See, this is not about people that are that uh, don't understand this law. And by the way, the vast majority of Americans, there's a poll out here. This was a, this is, I think this is a Gallup poll. Let me see if I can find it here. More than two to one, more than a two to one margin are against the federal government suing the state of Arizona. If you can imagine okay. that. So I by mean, more I, than, by more I than a two to one I, margin. Because I think the people have just had enough. They see, first of all, they see that we're in mountains of debt. They see that we have an economy that is sputtering right now. And sputtering isn't even the correct word. This thing is in full stall, okay? It is stalled out on the side of the road, and it is... We're looking at a W recession, basically. Yeah, it, 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 this, is, this is a big, big recession that we're in right now. Some are calling it the next Great Depression. I'm not ready to step out on that limb just yet but I will say that this is a prolonged recession and it's despite what some people might want to tell you the recovery uh, it, we're not recovering right now at all there is no recovery the jobs that you see being created are a number one it's a it's a fiction it's a fallacy because uh, it was census workers being hired by the government. The government created some jobs there. And we all know that that number was skewed anyway because anytime somebody uh, was let go by the census and then rehired, that was counted as a new job created. And then people that are no longer uh, on uh, unemployment, they drop off the radar. And people that stop looking for work also drop off the unemployment radar. So the unemployment numbers that you see are much, much higher than they actually are. So that's another ridiculous idea. But people are seeing all of this. They see this bad economy. They see all this debt. And then they see the federal government suing a state that's actually trying to do something to protect its interests and protect its citizens, which it is obligated to do. The state of Arizona has an obligation to protect its citizens. And, um, you know, the federal government is, uh, is suing them and, and the people are outraged, not just the people in Arizona, but people elsewhere. And other states are trying to enact similar legislation. And you have this Thomas E. Perez behind this, who is an open, uh, not, a, not just open border, a pro-illegal guy. He is out there with this Casa de Maryland and these other organizations, and he advocates for open borders. And he looks for loopholes. He defends illegals. He defends people who are in this country illegally. It's just stupidity at this point. Everybody just wants to move along from this. But no, just like two or three people refuse to let it go. 
What's well, this, this, who is this guy again? This is Thomas E. Perez, and he's, of course, he's he's really the driving force in the Department of Justice behind this thing. Eric Holder, to this day, I'm convinced Eric Holder has not read this bill. So this, you know, Eric Holder gave him the, the okay to go ahead with this, but this is, this is the right up Thomas Perez's alley. And of course, this is all under the Department of Justice. It's all under the guise of the President of the United States. It's all being guided by him. So I have no doubt that Obama supports this. And now you have to have the people. The people are putting up their own money. The people of the state of Arizona are putting up their own money. Half a million dollars so far being raised by the people of Arizona to help defend against such a ridiculous lawsuit. Perez himself derided Secure Borders citizen activists as xenophobes but denied painting the grassroots immigration enforcement movement as racist. Questions by GOP uh, uh, Senator Jeff Sessions during his Obama Department of Justice confirmation hearing last year about the illegal alien rights guide produced produced by Casa de Maryland, Perez grudgingly stated that, quote, the Civil Rights Division must not act in... in, uh, uh, contravention to valid enforcement actions of our federal immigration laws. But acting in contravention is exactly, of course, what the Civil Rights Division is doing in spearheading the challenge of Arizona's Civil SB 1070. Illegal immigrants? Well, yeah, I mean, they look, people that are here illegally, I understand. I understand if we want to have an emotional argument session here, if we want to have a a warm, fuzzy, feel-good moment, I understand that people that come to this country illegally are here pursuing a better life for the most part. I I get that. I understand that the vast majority are not here to be drug runners involved in thuggery. They're not necessarily even here to suck the, the teat of the United States government. Okay, I get that. But that doesn't matter to me because this is not, this is a nation of laws. We have laws on the books that say you ha- if you come here, there are certain ramifications to coming here illegally. There are certain guidelines for which you have to follow if you want to come visit the United States or if you want to come and live in the United States as a legal citizen. Anyway, uh, the Department of Justice... This is just an outrage. Yeah, this is an outrage. And this is a guy handpicked by the President of the United States. So naturally, the buck stops there. And that's all there is to it. So I just, I had to make sure that the audience got a little bit of a glimpse as to who is behind this. It's not just Eric Holder. You can't, it's not just Obama. I mean, what you're looking at here, you're looking at, this is the mentality This is not challenging the constitutionality. That's all BS. That's all just a cover-up. This is all about trying to push forward an open borders uh, agenda. Period. And if you think it's anything less than that, look at this guy's track record. Give me a break. Mind-boggling. All right. Had to get that out there. I I feel better. I've... I've divested myself of that. Spilt out all that acid, huh? Yeah. I, I do feel a little bit better, I think. You hope. I, I, yeah, I hope so. All right. So um, also, I, I, 
Am I to understand that we're we're gonna have a we're gonna have another geek segment tonight? Is that is that? Uh... Indeed, uh, I have my um, own quick two cents about the whole Wow Real Fan, you know, real name issue thing. And uh, in addition, um, we have an a... update on that. Incidentally, oh well, then I'll wait for that moment to put in my own two cents, and um, then my segment will be about a. Florida mother who protests manga in the public library. So we have that coming up, and then um, let me see here. That's yeah, pop chart, everything else. You know how it works. It's Friday. Yeah. yeah. There's uh, there's we obviously there's obviously a lot here. I have to talk about LeBron James coming up. We'll do that, and just so much more. It's uh, Michael Graff so in exile. Fabulous stuff. On a Friday. Mike at KMGX.com. That's our email and PayPal address. Mike at KMGX.com. You can always donate to the show. We now do Mike, encourage that. I hear, I hear gossip that you can give money to the program, can't you? Yes, indeed. Uh, via PayPal, you can send a, a contribution. It, it Listen, it doesn't have to be a lot. Five bucks, ten bucks, hundred bucks, whatever you can spare. Uh, to keep this program on the air, to keep it uh, going, we would appreciate it, really. And, you know, if you have suge- if you want, look, you send me money and you say, Mike, I really want you to play whatever as a bumper. I- I'm all for that, too. I can be bribed. That's how it works. Yes. All right, more coming up. It's Michael Graff in Exile. Back in a moment. It's Back with segment number two. It's Michael Grav in exile on a Friday. Mike at KMGX.com, our email address. Also, that's the PayPal address if you want to send along a little contribution to this program, monetarily speaking. Michael Grav Show, AOL Instant Messenger. It's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-R-O-F-F Show, AOL Instant Messenger. And more information about this program, our chat channel, and everything else is available at the one, the only, Michael Grav. Dot com. So I'm sure many of you saw it last night. The ratings would indicate that. Though I'm sure most of you will probably not admit that you saw it. But uh, the big story, LeBron James. And what his decision actually was. It's been talked about on sports radio for months. It's actually been talked about in, in on ESPN, on Fox Sports, on Sporting News. It's been talked about everywhere for actually a couple of years now because this was the most anticipated free agent class in the NBA ever. And LeBron James was, of course, at the top of the list, but you had others like Amari Stoudemire, Carlos Boozer, 
Dwayne Wade and others that were there. And uh, this was it. This was going to be the most interesting summer in terms of free agency in the NBA history. And where was everybody going to go? Where were uh, all the chips going to fall? Well, now of the 20 top free agents that were available, 11 of them have signed. And of course, the, um, we're talking about the top 11 have signed. The most interesting chips have already fallen. And yeah, there's still a few guys left out there roaming about. But generally, uh, it's all set. LeBron James had his big hour-long show last night, The Decision, on ESPN. It was, it was nauseating. We all know it was. And it was a big, long presentation. It was drawn out just a little bit. And LeBron decided that he's going to go join his buddies Chris Bosh and uh, Dwayne Wade in Miami and play for the Miami Heat. Now, I have a lot of thoughts on this. What's that? Make the O face, you know? Yeah. And uh, by the way, James uh, joining us here as he does on Fridays uh, frequently. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on this. First of all, I have to address, I guess, the most important issue, and that is that um, the vast majority of people, first of all, this was a big PR nightmare for LeBron James. And I don't think we're ever going to see this again from any other athlete. Number one, I don't think any kind of athlete has the kind of clout to make this happen. And number two, I'm pretty sure that this is just too much a public relations nightmare for any athlete. Deciding what city he's going to go to and inevitably leaving the city that he's in and leaving those fans uh, dejected. But for LeBron James, I can understand that this was just... uh, I don't think he'll be doing this again when he becomes a free agent in six years. All right. I, I don't think that that's going to happen. Was this, as many people have called it, the most self-aggrandizing, biggest, egotistical stroke job in the history of humanity? And yeah. I would say yes. It has and, an Emmy nominee. I would say yes and no. Yes and no. I'd give it a nomination, but I wouldn't give it the award. I got into several discussions with people about this entire fiasco, about LeBron James, about the decision, about everything else that this involved. And yes, sports radio has basically been unlistenable for the last several weeks because this is the only thing that's been talked about. That and and World Cup soccer, although once the U.S. got eliminated, that nobody cared anymore. But... It really has been unlistenable. I've only been able to listen to a couple of shows as a result. Um, I think this was certainly self-aggrandizing. Certainly LeBron James is a big ego. I don't think there's anybody that's going to question that. But really what you have to analyze is why. Step back and look at things. Why does LeBron James have a great big ego? Why is it that he's receiving all this criticism? Why? That's the question I ask. The discussion I got into last night um, on our IRC channel and I got into with several other people about this was they just said, well, he has a great big ego. One guy on our IRC channel calls, he says he's not King James, he's Jester James for what he's doing here. And this is just a big stunt and uh, ESPN's just uh, stroking his ego. And yeah, that may be all true, but let me put it to you this way. If you were a 14 or 15 year old kid and people were following you around, touting you as the next greatest thing in the NBA. And you were receiving all these accolades and all this hype. And your high school basketball games were being shown on ESPN. 
And then you received a $90 million shoe contract from Nike before you ever played a single second of NBA basketball. That alone would probably be enough to go to your head. I know that would be for me. Yes. So I'm sure you would get something of an ego because the people around you are inflating you. They're already putting you up on a pedestal. They're already anointing you as the heir apparent to Michael Jordan, which is exactly how LeBron James was treated before he even came into the league. I remember very well columns written about, is this the next Kobe? Is this guy already better than Kobe? We talked about this on the air. And make no mistake, I want you to know, before we go any further with this discussion, I'm not a LeBron James fan, okay? I'm not somebody that goes out there. I don't drink the Kool-Aid, all right? There's very few players in the NBA or in Major League Baseball or in general that, I, uh, that I'm a fan of. There are a few, but, there are, but LeBron James isn't one of them. I'm not a hater. I'm sort of like in the middle, although I will say this whole stunt has kind of tilted me to the nah, not-so-much side. But I have to tell you that I don't blame LeBron James for the fact that ESPN wanted to have a special where they rolled him out there and gave you uh, an interview with him where he makes his decision because, see, that takes two parties to cooperate. That takes LeBron James to want to do it and ESPN to want to be there. You're telling me that if Fox Sports wanted to do it, you know, it wouldn't have been there? Whoever, anybody, had he done this on ABC or CNN, had he done this with Larry King, provided that Larry King even knows who he is, uh, LeBron James, uh, you're the guy that plays baseball, right? Uh, Buffalo, you're on the air. But I'm serious. I, I, I think any organization, any outfit, any network would have wanted to carry it. So I, I don't think the media is just as culpable as LeBron James. In fact, the media is far more culpable in building LeBron James' ego. And then, of course, there's the NBA. And then, of course, there's the public who buys into all of it. So I blame you people. And by you people, I mean the people that sat there and, and bought into all the hype that surrounded LeBron James and got involved in this 10 years ago. And I blame the media who builds him up. I mean, how else is a, is a kid? And that's what he was. He was a 14-year-old kid when all this started. How else is a kid supposed to react to this? Somebody had said to me yesterday he should have had some degree of humility. Well, I'm sorry, but if you drop... I don't know how much money in total he's made, but I'm just going to go ahead and conservatively estimate that the guy has made $250 million already. If you drop $250 million in my lap by the time I'm 25 years old and, and you follow me around with cameras and you give me a million Twitter followers or whatever the hell he has, and you give me a, a city where I'm basically treated like a king and they call me king... And I, I, I'm not only that, but I actually live up to the hype. It's one thing if, if people hype you up and then you're not really that good. LeBron James is the greatest player in the NBA. He is the best player in the NBA and he's one of the best already in NBA history. You factor all that in and I'm sorry, but humility kind of goes out the window. And anybody that says that he's not the greatest player in the NBA right now, you're kidding yourselves. Okay, just stepping back for a second, just as a brief aside. He's the Babe Ruth and, like, Mark McGuire combined of basketball. Without the steroids. Yeah. 
No, he. Uh, yeah. I don't think he's the greatest player ever yet. But I will say he's the greatest player in the league right now. And somebody might say to me, well, what about Kobe Bryant, Mike? Well, uh, what about Kobe? Let me put it to you this way. In 2007, the Cleveland Cavaliers went to the NBA Finals and played the Spurs. And they got swept by the Spurs. I want anybody right now in this audience, if you're listening to this right now, I want you to tell me, aside from LeBron James, name another player that was on that 2007 Cleveland Cavaliers team. Name one other player that was on that roster. You probably can't. I probably couldn't even name James, you know, LeBron James. <laughs> I don't follow basketball. Right. But I'm saying, like, unless you're a Cleveland Cavalier fan or unless you're a rotisserie basketball geek, there's no way that you're going to be able to name anybody else that was on that team. There's just there's Did you no name. I Did you name I don't know if I could even name the starting five that was on that team. <laughs> I don't even think I could. There's no way. That's my point. My point is he took a bunch of scrubs. He took a bunch of guys, and not only did he make a winning team out of it. But he took that team to the NBA Finals. And yeah, I know it's the Eastern Conference. And the Eastern Conference generally sucks. I know that, okay? They're, they're terrible. But you still have to beat those teams. You still have to go through the Celtics and the Miamis and you know Atlanta and even to some lesser extent Chicago, Milwaukee. You still have to go through those teams. And LeBron James did it by himself and with... And he made a bunch of below average and very average players... Average and above average, respectively. So he made the players around him better, which is the sign of a great player. Great players not only are great by themselves, they're not only great in the open court, they're not only great one-on-one, -on -one, but they're great because they make other players around them great. Michael Jordan was great because he made Luke Longley relevant. Yeah, Luke Longley, when he went and played for the Suns, then when he played for the Knicks, he sucked. It's terrible. He's a big 7-2 pile of flab. But you know what? When he played with the Bulls, he had a role to play. He managed to make Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman play on the same team and, and have roles and, and be good teammates. Yeah, I mean, look, they had, they had their, their moments... But he took these egos, along with his own ego, and, and relatively speaking, tabled it so that they could win a championship. Kobe Bryant is, is surrounded by the best coach in the NBA and a bunch of other good players. Andrew Bynum, Paul Gasol, uh, Derek Fisher, even, hell, even Ron Artest. So... That's a lot more talent than you had in Cleveland, and yet LeBron James took that team to the finals. You know, I'm sorry, but he's the greatest player in the NBA right now, today. So that's, so he lived up to the hype. So yeah, I, I, he, is, is this narcissistic to have a show that promotes you and where you're going? Of course it is. But where does it come from? And that's really the bottom line to this. Where did it come from? Well, it came from... The media. It came from the public. It came from the NBA. It came from a society that promotes and a league that doesn't promote teams anymore. It promotes players. And then the argument that I got into with a guy uh, yesterday on IRC was that the argument was 
Uh, well, uh, Mike, you know, he has no humility. He's he's an ego freak. You know, you didn't see Kevin Durant uh, have a, a, a big press conference and have a whole show uh, after him when he signed his contract extension yesterday with uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. You know, uh, he signed a, whatever, five-year extension. You didn't see Ray Allen have a, a big presser to announce that he was signing a two-year, $20 million deal with the Celtics yesterday. You didn't see a big deal about Carlos Boozer going to the Chicago Bulls. You didn't see, I mean, there was some flair, but you didn't see a lot of flair about Amari Stoudemire going to the Knicks outside of Phoenix or New York. There wasn't a big, big deal made about it. There was some, but not that much. Certainly not LeBron Jamesworth. And my point in this, my, my refute to that is simple. Number one, outside of Oklahoma City and outside of, you know, the most diehard NBA fans, Kevin Durant is one of the five best players in the NBA right now that no one's ever heard of. Uh, Carlos Boozer, he's like mm, top 30 NBA player. Uh, Ray Allen is whatever, 35 or 36 years old. He had a, he's had a great career. And again, I don't use the word great lightly. He's had a great career. And, and, and a wonderful career, and but he's a nice player now, but he's not LeBron James. LeBron James is his own brand. And if you want proof of it, look at how many jerseys LeBron James sells. I t- I'm going to tell you right now, it's it's got to be 50 times more than Kevin Durant and 100 times more than Ray Allen and At Carlos least. Boozer. Combined. And, and here's the other thing. If you go out and ask the average NBA fan, okay, you, you walk out on the street, you pull 100 people, and you ask them, who's Kevin Durant? Yeah, maybe 10 people know who he is. You ask those same 100 people, who's, who's Ray Allen, who's Carlos Boozer? Yeah, 10, 12 people, maybe. Maybe they know who he is. Maybe they know where he played. Maybe they know what position he plays. Maybe. You ask them who LeBron James is, they know. You ask him who Mike, yeah, you ask him who Kobe Bryant is, they know. You ask him who Michael Jordan is, they know. LeBron James moves the meter. Okay? I, I don't want to be in the precarious position of defending LeBron James necessarily, but I, I'm sorry, uh, th- the reality is he is his own brand. And therefore, he's treated differently because he's different. How many championships does he have, Mike? Well, you know what? Who cares? He doesn't have any right now. It's sort of like asking who's the secretary of state and then asking who the president is. Well, right. Again, you're going to find not many people could name Hillary Clinton. I mean, that's just and that's sad. That's a sad commentary on our country that people don't know who their secretary of state is. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm pretty sure most people couldn't name that. But I, they, they would know Obama. Most people would know Obama. Hopefully. <laughs> well, a lot of people in our public uh, education system probably wouldn't, but, you know, <laughs> uh, for the most hey, part. Hey, now, Mike. Hey, now. Even public education people would know who Obama is. Well, based on the nature. Yeah, I guess. You'd probably have to. They didn't know when it was George Bush or, or Reagan, but they would know when, when it was a Democrat in, in there, I'm pretty sure. You're right. Touche. Um, so I guess that's that's really the the point in all of this. The point in all of this is 
Um, while you might not like it and while you may have hated it, and I was nauseated by it, okay? I didn't watch. I, uh, I heard a, a part of it. Um, I was here and I had the radio on. I was waiting for the Diamondbacks game to come on, so I had the audio on in here. But uh, so I, I did hear it. You know, uh, Jim Gray is a terrible interview. The whole thing reeked. I hate Stuart Scott. I mean, the whole ESPNization of everything, it's, it, it does make me sick. So I'm not sitting here saying, oh, my God, you need to worship LeBron James. I'm saying, yes, it made me sick. Yes, it was nauseating. But guess what? It is LeBron James. It's LeBron James. It is what it is. This guy can move the meter like that. And, and, and the, the other problem is, you know, uh, Celtics fans and Bulls fans and, and everybody else, you guys are, I mean, just admit it. You're jealous. If he came and played for your team, you'd be creaming yourself right now. You'd, you'd be walking around with massive LeBron <laughs> erections. All right? You wouldn't even need in, Viagra. In you'd be like, house. LeBron's coming to my team. All right, baby, let's get busy tonight. <laughs> I give you the 24-second shot clock ride of your life, baby. <laughs> I mean, yeah. really, uh, that's the other thing. And, and I see that a lot. I'm, I saw that with the people I've been in discussions with about it. And, and that's the reality. Would I love LeBron James to come and play for the Phoenix Suns? Man, could you imagine LeBron James and Steve Nash playing on a team together? Could you imagine that? That would just be incredible. But you know what? I'm not. I'm not sitting here. I, I'm just happy that a team now there there could be a team to beat the Lakers. I mean, this right away automatically. I don't care who else they put on this team. I see that they signed Mike Miller. The Miami did, but you've got Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, and LeBron James. You've got the best. That alone is the best team in the Eastern. The Eastern Conference sucks so bad they could probably actually say, screw the rest of the roster, we're going to play three on five, and those three could beat any five guys that are on any other team in the Eastern Conference. Probably. Probably! What, you think Dwight Howard and then whoever else, uh, the, the Orlando Magic are going to run out there? Or do you think the Boston Celtics and, and, and uh, Kevin Garnett, who's collecting his AARP right about now, uh, his Social Security, uh, yeah... As soon as uh, Kevin Garnett comes back from Luby's, he'll be able to go and play. <laughs> as soon as he comes back from, from the Grand Slam deal at Denny's, because he's a member of AARP, he gets his 10% discount. And Ray Allen, who'd shoot 96 threes and hit like four of them. And then... Uh, you know, I mean, Boston, I'm sorry, but uh, already you're done. <laughs> Unfortunately. You're done in the Eastern Conference. That's it. Now, the, the other side to this is how about Cleveland fans? They're not Detroit. Uh, yeah, Cleveland has got to be, they got to be pissed off with this. They've got to be upset. I'm not even, no, this is not a time. I'm not even going to roll out the fun times in Cleveland today. They would have been perfect, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to rise above that and not do it. But uh, this is, Cleveland fans are upset. I mean, I've been reading comments from angry Cavaliers fans. Number one, who knew that there were so many Cavs fans? 
Well, Man. they'll hide in the woodworks now that LeBron is gone. Well, yeah, now they're going to go back to having 46 people in the building every night. At Quicken Loans Arena or whatever the hell the name of the place is, the venue they play. I think that's what it's still called. I think. I think it's still the Quicken Loans Arena. Anyway, uh, so I, I'm pretty sure that they're going to go back to having 46 fans in Cleveland. They'll go back to the days when Mark Price played there and, and Doherty and Nance, you know, and like 17 people were there watching Cavs games. They came in from the outside, you know, after they were done uh, watching the river burn, they came in to watch themselves a Cavs game. And then the Cavs would get, you know, Jordan would come in and score 60 points on them and they'd be like, wow, you know, we, we played a competitive game. We gave up 60 to Jordan, but you know, if you took away his 60 points, we would have only lost by five. So they're going to go back to the, the good old days of Cavalier basketball. Oh, boy. The Cavs fan. And the only person that's more upset than Cavs fans right now is the Cavs owner. All right, so this is kind of an embarrassment. I've never seen anything like this before from an owner, but this is Dan Gilbert, Cavalier's owner. He wrote an open letter... I mean, this is just, you talk about putting it up on a tee for talk show hosts across the country and for bloggers and for podcasters and anybody, broadcasters like myself. You, you talk about just laying it up there, just putting a big old fat one right down the middle of the plate to just knock out of here. That's what this is. That's exactly we'll what this is. do it live. Thing sucks. This is Dan Gilbert's letter. He writes, Dear, and he writes, I sound like Casey Kasem. Now we're up to our long-distance dedication. It's from a man in Cleveland, Ohio. And here's what he writes. Dear Cleveland, all of Northeast Ohio and Cleveland Cavaliers supporters, wherever you may be tonight, as you now know, our former hero who grew up in the very region that he deserted this evening is no longer a Cleveland Cavalier. This, this was announced with a several-day narcissistic self-promotional buildup culminating with a national TV special uh, of his, quote, decision, unlike any ever witnessed in the history of sports and probably the history of entertainment. Well, I don't know if I'd totally go along with that much, but I'll continue. Clearly, this is bitterly disappointing to all of us. The good news is that the ownership, the ownership team and the rest of the hardworking, loyal, and driven staff over here at your hometown Cavaliers have not betrayed you, nor never will betray you. There is so much more to tell you about the, the events of the recent past and our more than exciting future. Over the next several days and weeks, we will be communicating much of that to you. You simply don't deserve this kind of cowardly betrayal. You have given so much and deserve so much more. In the meantime, I want to make one last statement to you tonight, and then in caps. I personally guarantee that the Cleveland Cavaliers will win an NBA championship before the self-titled former King wins one. <laughs> yeah. Is this guy... Man. 
Put down the crack pipe, dude. You can take it to the bank, he said. You know what? I wish I could make a bet with this guy. It, if I'll tell you what. If he actually wins that championship, I'll, uh, I don't even know what I'll do. I mean, God. I... Anyway, he said, if you thought we were motivated before tonight to bring the hardware to Cleveland... I can tell you that this shameful display of selfishness selfishness and betrayal by one of our own has shifted our motivation to previously unknown and previously never experienced levels. Some people think they should go to heaven and not have to die to get there. Sorry, but that's simply not how it works. This shocking act of of disloyalty from our homegrown chosen one sends the exact opposite lesson of what we would want our children to learn and who we would want them to grow up to become. But the good news is that this heartless and callous action can only serve to, uh, to be an antidote to the so-called curse of Cleveland, Ohio. The self-declared former king will be taking the curse with him down south. And until he does, until he does right by Cleveland and Ohio, James and the town where he plays will unfortunately own this dreaded spell and bad karma. Just watch. Sleep well, Cleveland. Tomorrow is a new and much brighter day. I promise, in all caps, uh, you that our... Energy, focus, capital, knowledge, and experience will be directed at one thing and one thing only. Delivering you the championship you have long deserved and is long overdue. Dan Gilbert, majority owner, Cleveland Cavaliers. An owner of a team wrote that. Uh, that was, this uh, this is like your girlfriend breaks up with you and you you go to write that that terrible letter or or you get really mad at one of your friends and it's one of those things where you're sitting there and, and you write an angry email to them and you're 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 sitting there and your your mouse is sitting right over the send button and, and you're thinking about it and you're like you know what I'm gonna sleep on it before I mail this. I mean, you know that letter where you you say ah you're just a piece of crap whore bag yeah. slut bimbo and then and you go and you, you go try to click the delete button you accidentally hit that thing no and button. then you go you go you know what i'll sleep on it this dude didn't he just goes send and he put posted this up on his website now let me explain the problem with doing this number one uh this guy that you know you're you're so angry at the self-proclaimed king and all this you know you bought into that that was on that guy was on your team for seven years and then saying there will be a curse and whatever that's just all nonsense but my my favorite part is Cleveland he says Cleveland will win a, an NBA title before before LeBron does yeah <laughs> well let's see you have let's let's look at the pieces of the puzzle you have to build around. We have Antoine Jameson on your team who uh, shot 18% against the Boston Celtics in the playoffs from three-point land. And then you've got a bunch of other guys that nobody cares about. All right, well, Cleveland, I mean, you're... Uh, let me put it this way. Here's, you wanna, here's my guarantee. 
And you can take this to the bank. The Cleveland Cavaliers will be a lottery team next year. They will not even make the play. Well, it is the Eastern Conference. Let me think about this for a second. It's the Eastern Conference. God, I mean, I'm pretty sure if I got a, if I put a team together with myself, James, and then like three dudes that I found over at Safeway, I'm pretty sure if we put a team Don't together, Jeff, we gotta have yeah, Jeff. Well, yeah, and Jeff because Jeff's tall, and then John who has the crazy. Show. I mean, John's only five foot three, but we could get him. All right, and then of course I just filled out the bench with guys I found over at Safeway. Uh, you know what? I think we could probably win at least 30 games in the Eastern Conference. I don't know if we'd make the playoffs, but we'd be in, you know, we'd, we'd definitely beat the Toronto Raptors. Deb would be our coach then. <laughs> we'd beat, yeah, we'd beat uh, the Indiana Pacers. Probably. We'd beat up on the Washington Wizards. I don't think there's, uh, Charlotte, I don't think there's any question we beat up on that team. So we'd be all right. I mean, yeah, we'd get rolled by 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 you know the Celtics and the Heat. Yeah, but you know well, the rest we- the rest of our guys that we found over at Safeway and and over at and bus stops around the Phoenix area, they'd probably be okay. I think we'd be okay yeah. against the rest of those guys. Yeah, but we, I mean, we do you think the like New Jersey real- Nets the New Jersey Nets won won twelve games last year? The yeah. twelve games. A bunch of guys from from Safeway and from bus stops, and myself, James, uh, John, and Jeff. You talk about the Jays, man. We have four Jays on our on our starting five. <laughs> We'd have to figure out who'd play. John would be point guard because he's you know five foot three. I guess I'm the tallest of the group, so I'd be the six four center. <laughs> six foot four. I've been playing center at six foot four. Why not? Why not? I don't know. I'm going to say this. I'll say that the Cavs will be like a seven or eight seed if if they're that good next year. And they'll get rolled. That's it. That was an owner that wrote that. Just thought I'd make sure that I got that out there. And uh, that's it. Again, Cleveland fans, they're upset. Listen, I understand why you're upset, but for this guy to say that it was a self selfish move, this is so weird. LeBron went to Miami because, quite frankly, the opportunity to win is better there. This is one of the few times I've ever heard an athlete get criticized for going to a city where he's more likely to win. Normally, people complain that athletes just want the money and they just take the money. And trust me, LeBron is going to get paid. He's going to get his money. But, you know, Cleveland could have afforded more money. They could have paid him more money by the rules of the NBA. They could have paid him more. They could have given him that extra year on his deal that, uh, quite frankly, Miami couldn't give him. So if he really wanted to go for the money, he'd stay in Cleveland. Frankly, this is something of an unselfish move. Yeah, he's going to play with his friends. His friends are Chris Bosh and and Dwayne Wade. They played together on the U.S. Olympic team. They're friends. So what? I don't see anything wrong with that. You know, I... I I don't either, to be quite frank. Yeah. 
Oh, well. So that's the LeBron James situation. The guy is, uh, he's doing what he sees is, um, you know, the best winning opportunity, and that's in Miami, and I would happen to agree. All right, um, let's see. Do I want to take a break here? What, what should we do here? How should we tackle this? I could go either way. Yeah, well, I, I think what we should do is we should probably at least do the uh, the geek segment here. Uh, this, uh, this, the intro for the geek segment, I'm just going to put it right now. We do have an intro. Now there's actually, I have a couple of songs we can rotate through for this, for this segment, but James sent one over. So I'm going to use this this week and, uh, I'm doing so I'm doing it a little bit under protest, but it's funny, I guess. All right here. So it's time to geek out. It's time to nerd out. Here's your geek segment. All right. Staring at the TV set, play that. Let me see that Genesis. Gamer staring at the TV set, play that. I wanna see that NES. Come play with me, come play with me. Some PSP, some 360, some PS3. Work them sticks, gamer. Touch all the buttons. Alright, so. Yeah. I wanna see you playing on the living room floor. This here ain't luck, what you think I play so much for? Alright. So uh, this is it's it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show. Actually, I did get uh, some positive feedback on this. So time to geek it out. Here's James Woo. to tell you about well stuff, gaming uh, stuff mostly. I would imagine. Well, let's see. Um, actually, uh, do you want to do the WoW update first? Because you know. Oh yeah, that, I, I, I wanted to mention. Intro. Yeah, I wanted to mention that you know on the show the other night I talked. I actually mentioned World of Warcraft on the show for a legitimate reason because they were going to institute Blizzard Entertainment, who creates the World of Warcraft multi, uh, massively multiplayer online role playing game. Uh, Blizzard announced that they were going to roll out this real ID system where people that were going to post on their forums on their message boards. Uh, would have their real names shown and that their real names would also be displayed on the armory section. And, you know, so anybody could find out who the real ID, the real name, their real life name of any character in WoW was. Well, it generated a a thread that is still going uh, over 40. Last time I looked, it was over 44,000 posts long. That was as of, I think, yesterday or, or last night. So it's probably well over 50,000 posts. So it generated a, a post over 50,000 uh, posts long or a thread over 50,000 posts long. Blizzard announced today they're not, they're going to scrub that idea. Uh, upon, upon further review, they decided that it was a dumb idea. <laughs> Gee, you think? So that's uh, that's the update. Uh, World of Warcraft. Uh, now uh, you can go ahead and all those people that said I'm canceling my subscription, I'm gonna cancel my subscription. I don't want people to know what my real name is because then, well, I'm sure nobody really cares what my name is, and and you know, uh, but I wouldn't want somebody to find that out. Well, I think people's biggest gripe was, you know. If they were trolling, somebody could call them up and say, hey, F you, dude, although I doubt they would do that. Well, the, the <laughs> only legitimate concern about it was, and the, the real legitimate issue is, a lot of kids play the game. A lot of um, minors. 
Yeah. And I'm sure that some parents were rather concerned that their minor child's name was not just going to be in the hands of a customer service representative or the the hands of, of just Blizzard Entertainment, that it would be posted out there on the internet for everybody to see. And I think that obviously causes a big concern. Not to mention, I mean, I'm not... I don't want to sound like I'm defending Blizzard here because I'm not. I thought it's a, it's a dumb policy. But the the way it was blown out of proportion was was definitely silly. Yeah, I mean, my other thing was like, I mean, there's like hundreds of people on the internet where everybody knows their full, complete name. And I mean, sure, they get like the hate mail and everything, but you don't see them getting like, you know, called up by people or anything. Well, I don't think it's a good idea for Blizzard to invite that type of uh, mentality. And I, I don't think... I don't see the purpose. There's really not a reason to put somebody's real name up there. It doesn't serve any purpose. So I understand people's uh, angst about it. But I mean, come on. The way that people carried on about it, you would have thought that Blizzard posted an anti-Semitic rant and uh, you would have thought that Blizzard was going to personally mail letter bombs to everybody, uh, every customer. Yeah, put up their social security number as well. Yeah. I mean, posting on a forum that you're upset, I think it would have actually been more efficacious to call. And I'm sure a lot of people did call Blizzard's uh, offices. Um, yeah. Anyway, I guess they're going to scrub it. At least that's what I'm hearing. Whether or not that's true, I guess we'll find out. So anyway, what's, uh, what, what have you got over there? All right. Well, now this is... Uh this is a uh, different sort of story today. We're not going to talk about a video game, but rather, you know, my interests of sorts, manga and anime. Let's see. Uh, I found this really interesting. It was actually only posted a couple hours ago, and th- this is the story. A Florida mother protests having manga in the public library. And um, as I explained earlier, manga is Japanese comic books. Now... <clears throat> What apparently happened after reviewing the article a few times, the son was looking through the you know manga section, and apparently he took a few manga books. One of them is um, Psychic Academy, which is you know PG thirteen and all that, and the other one is Gant, which is a very violent graphic uh, manga book. Uh, it's a you know, obviously plus 18 rated. Right. All right. And, and you um, see where the problem already comes from there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. She, she is, uh, let's see if I, how about if I read the article? Let's see. A mother in Crestview, Florida, protested the availability of mature manga in her city public library and claimed her teenage son was negatively affected after picking up a volume from the general circulation shelf. The parent, Margaret Barberry, Bar- Bar- said that Barbary. the manga had adult themes, which she described as graphic and shocking. Barberry, or whatever, Barbary. I can't even read this thing, uh, is the founder of a citizen's group called Protect Our Children, and she presented her case to the Crestview City Council on June 28th. Barbara Reed told the council, quote, My son lost his mind when he found this. Now he's in a home for extensive therapy. 
uh, I recommend about half hour on the internet, and he should be cured. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but um, alright, let's see. The manga shown to the council in support of Barbie Kate was were Psychic Academy and 003 The Naked Suicide Girl. Uh, <laughs> Sadly enough, I get this reference because I watched an abridged version of the series on the interwebs. Uh, with the, all the nudity was cut out, I'd like to point out to my mother, who is listening. Uh, according to the Crestview City Council public document, 003 The Naked Suicide Girl is a chapter in the Gaunt manga series. This particular chapter can be found in the first volume of the Dark Horse comics, and the volume is rated readers 18 or older. Psychic Academy, on the other hand, is rated by Tokyopop for readers 13 or older. Let's see, yada yada yada, general stacks. Um, took the manga from the unsupervised rack and put it in his backpack. Library director Gene Lewis said that area on the top shelf was with other graphic novels, was not intended for young readers. Let's see. Barbara Beat complaints and set the manga separated from the young adult section. She had prior collected 226 signatures against public access against anime, although the petition was directed against manga. So let's see. Did not heed the petition, misinterpreted the protest, yada, yada, yada. So, um... You get the full story. The son, he picked up a very graphic book um, called Gantz, and I can actually give you the blow-by-blow. Gantz is, um, let's see, it's basically a game designed by, like, this alien dude. It's very hard to explain. It's complicated, but it is very graphic and very decisive. There's a lot of violence, there's a lot of gore, and even nudity at some point. You know, But it's animated nudity. nudity. It's cartoon yeah. nudity. Yeah, it's cartoon nudity, but it's still rated 18 or older. Right. Now, I have, like, I could probably make a whole essay about my point, but my first point, if she was really so concerned about her son, wouldn't she be checking the books he's um, checking out from the library? Right. I mean, she's part of protect. I mean, all the... I mean, there's stuff at the library. There's R-rated movie. There's Stephen King books. There's a lot of bad stuff at the library. There's National Geographics at the library. This is the point I always make. I yeah. remember when I was in grade school, in our, in our classroom, we had National Geographics that showed like African tribes that were naked. I mean, it was, it was not necessarily sexual in nature, but they were naked people. It wasn't the same, but that was actually real. That wasn't animated. Yeah. All right. Um, my second point is that all of these manga are rated. I mean, as 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 I said, they they had deliberately marked them. You know, thirteen year old or eighteen year. I could probably pull a manga from my book stack right now. It could probably have a rating on it. And in fact, I'm going to do that right now. Give me one second. Let me reach over here. I picked one at random. Dot Hackers, Legend of the Twilight. Right on the back, it says, Teen Age 13 Plus, and it even includes reasons why. Mild violence, mild gore, mild fan service. Okay, right on the back, it, it's not hidden or anything. It's pretty big. You can see it easily. I mean, all of the books have a rating. Once again, why didn't she check 
what her son was checking out. Right. And, and if you if you go and, and I certainly don't want to discourage kids from going to the library. I think that's great, even if they're going to read Japanese comics. But yeah, uh, honestly, that's pretty tame. There's a lot of things at the library that have violence and gore and well, terrible things. And that's non-fictional stuff. I'm not even talking about movies. I'm not even talking about uh, the fact that you can go to a library and, and find naked women. and, and also, There's anything you could possibly want to find in the library. If you go and do research on, on sex or if you go and do research on, on, on rape or you go and do research, on, you're going to find all sorts of graphic, very intense, very... Uh, I, I mean, stuff that's far, far more uh, real and far more raw and, and just more out there than anything that you're going to find in a comic, for Christ's sake. <laughs> well, to be fair, Mike, in, in the uh, Abridged series of Gantz, even that, I mean, there was, there was a lot of blood. There was a lot of violence. And I sure. imagine the was... But I mean... I, I mean I mean, I, I know you're right. I mean, there's a lot of worse stuff out there, but can't turn on the news at night. Yeah, I mean, I mean, even on the news. Last night, if you turned on the news yesterday, you would have seen the riots going on in Oakland, and you would have seen police in riot gear shooting like tear gas bombs into crowds and and whatnot. That's real. That's thing. actually happening. That's not stuff that's animated on a piece of paper. So this woman, I, I, these protests, I understand. You want to protect your child from, from something that you feel is bad for them. Okay, fine. Supervise. Be there. Be a parent. Don't hold the library accountable because you're a crappy parent. Hold yourself accountable and say, rather than have the library remove these things, which other people enjoy... Be there with your son, supervise him, or try to explain to your son why it's not appropriate for him to be looking at that. It, it, I'm sorry. That's well, just... apparently he like already read it before you know she realized it. But Still. once again, she should have been supervising him, yeah. shouldn't he? Have? All right. My third and foremost point is that her son is already a teenager, and uh, I'm sorry, but. Most teenage boys, shouldn't be, they be looking at 13-plus or maybe even 18-plus images? Isn't kind of that what they do? Well, <laughs> look, I'm not saying... Uh, if, I, I, if, I know, I'm not encouraging teenage boys to go out and check out Gantz because, I mean, it is filled with nasty stuff, man. But 13 years or older, I mean, she's really calling the library out for 13-years-plus manga-rated I'm I'm sorry, but that's getting on the edge of ridiculous. Right, I mean, and especially once again, considering the point is that there's so much other fiction yeah. and nonfiction stuff in the library that is very mature, and that realistically she's speaking, she's clearly overprotective of her son for her to be really so damaged by this that he needs therapy. Yeah, and and obviously, I, mean, I think that's a lot of crap. I, I you yeah. know. It's obvious that they're trying to set this up for a lawsuit, and that's really what's going to go on here. That's that's what it comes down to. Whatever happened to, if you really objected to it, whatever happened to just going down to the library and having a civil conversation with somebody at the library saying, look, 
I don't think this is right. I don't think you should have this here. Or I think that if you do, you should have it more supervised or keep it under lock and key or you should do something and try and get that conversation started. But that doesn't happen. Instead, it's I'm going to go run to somebody. I'm going to go bitch and I'm going to go and make a big uh, federal case about the whole thing. Yeah. And that's the problem. That's that's what we have now. That's the society we live in. It's it's a, it's an unfortunate and sad reality. Yeah, and as an afternote, the library has a club on Tuesdays where patrons aged 12 to 17 meet for one hour on Tuesday for anime and manga. And the library, <laughs> surprisingly, the library director declined to comment. <laughs> well, not surprisingly, really. Yeah. Nutty. So, so you can see why I was, you know, I mean, it was just borderline ridiculous. Indeed. All right, uh, coming up. That's is that it, by the way. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much everything I wanted to cover. Okay. All right, coming up, we've got um, got to do the pop chart. Obviously, we got the classic third segment now. Yes, the the big old whopping third segment. Um, hopefully, we can get through it before I. I fall asleep. Uh, the, yeah. uh, we've got that. We've got um, a lot of other stuff too. Listen, you know how this show works. Pop chart. James the has the most expensive uh, board games. I have so much still to cover. I'm obviously not going to cram it all in, but you know how it works. I mean, we. LeBron James took up my whole show. I guess that makes me a bad person as well. Mike at KMGX.com, the email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. That's also our PayPal address. You can donate to this fine program. Give us a monetary contribution, should you feel the need. Uh, AOL Instant Messenger, Michael Groff Show, the screen name, and, of course, MichaelGroff.com for all the information. More coming up. It's Michael Groff in exile on a Friday. Coming back. was segment number three, the third and final segment here. Michael Graff in exile for a Friday, July 9th, 2010. Mike at KMGX.com is the email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. That's also our PayPal address. Michael Graff Show, AOL Instant Messenger, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-R-O-F-F Show, and all of our other information available at MichaelGroff.com. It's Friday. James joins me here, digitally Hello. speaking. Hello. Hello, everyone. 
And uh, we're we're dragging we're dragging our way to the finish line on this uh, on this edition because I, I have to admit I I am I am a bit exhausted. I have to tell you, being out in the heat, it just sucks the energy out of you. And I was out today in in the 112 degree temperatures, and trust me, uh, that made me tired and cranky. <laughs> Isn't it weird if I actually felt my testosterone level like shoot up when I started listening to that song? Well, I don't. I, I think that's good. I, listen, my my energy level. Look, there's no Foo Fighters. The Foo Fighters are always good to uh, to help out with uh, with just a hair. I, I think it was a little higher than Jack Napolitano for a moment there. I love the Foo Fighters. Dave Grohl is a very good musician. If if anything positive could have come out of the band Nirvana, I'm glad it was Dave Grohl. Because unfortunately, the other things that happened were, you know, Kurt Cobain married Courtney Love, and then you got her music, which, well, let's face it, was was pretty awful. And we do have we here. Here's let's see if I uh, is it here. Let's see. What's this? Here. Oh, make me over. I'm all I want to be. I walk and study. And that's the best of, uh, of Courtney Love there. That's the best of her and her band Hole. Believe me, there's, there's stuff that's way, way worse than that. <laughs> But, you I know, we only, we only have the stuff that was a hit. Hold on. There's, there's that other song that they did, too. Here. Doll eyes. Doll mouth. Doll legs. I am. Doll arms. If you listen really closely, you can actually hear her going insane during the recording. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Courtney Love actually lost her mind. I mean, she, I don't know what happened, but uh, something, some, it's almost like, let's just say some kind of drug maybe gobbled up all of her brain cells, like, like a little heroin Pac-Man running through her brain. <laughs> I'm not suggesting she was on any drugs, Allegedly. but I'm just saying that, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a, Something of a possibility. I'm just gonna, you know, just uh, sort of throwing that out there, you know, just uh, sort of uh, tossing that out there, just uh, suggesting. But uh, so I thought I'd throw that out there. All right, um, you know, look, there's so much still to get into. Uh, there's so much that I want to talk about. But you know what? This is really what matters to me. What matters to oh. me is is well it's a staple of this show we've been doing this you know i went back you know i've been doing this for like three years on this show almost now i thought i started doing this segment like when i started doing the podcast when i started doing the in exile uh, edition of this show but no i've been doing this all the way back to like 2008 ish or so anyway it's that time time to take a look at show the pop chart oh no Everybody's favorite part of the week. Get up and dance. Here we go. Pop, pop, pop music. 
These are the top 10 songs in the world of pop music. This, the songs that are getting the most airplay on top 40 radio stations across the country. We look at it every single week, whether you like it or not. And quite frankly, I'm pretty sure most of you don't like it. But at least, you know, at least you are, you know. You're not the one who has to go through and actually listen to all of these tunes to screen them and to make sure that they're okay. I, I, I actually have to go through the entire chart. I, I sit here, I labor over all this, okay? Anyway. I slave over a hot computer all day long, and you don't appreciate it. Uh, all right, it's. Uh, Number 10 this week, it's Tayo Cruz featuring Luda. Let's break your heart. Luda. Now, I may not be the worst or the best, but you gotta respect my honesty. And I may break your heart, but I don't really think there's anybody as bomb as me. So you can take this chance in the end, everybody's gonna be wondering how you deal. You might say, This is Luda, Chris, but Tayo Cruz, tell us how you feel. I could do the vocals on any of these. It's not that hard. All right, so that's number 10. It's been on the chart for quite a while. Let me see something. I'm, now that I've got the chart in front of me, this is always the interesting thing. Let me see. Okay. This week on Top 40 Radio Stations, this song was played. If you add up all the plays on Top 40 Radio Stations, it was played 6,223 times. On average, it got. On any given Top 40 Radio Station, it got 43 and a half spins during the week. That means it played approximately every four hours, less than four hours. Well, I can see why this is so popular. All right, number nine this week, it's uh, an artist. Uh, it's, it's something new on the top ten. It's uh, Chantel. Chantel. This no, is Mike, called. It's all, the, it's all the same. They just have different names on them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it could very well be Owl City or Tayo Cruz or any of the others. This is impossible. I remember years ago, someone told me I should take caution when it comes to love. I did. I did, and you were strong, and I was not my illusion, my mistake. Yeah. I was careless, I forgot I did. And now, when all is done, there is nothing to say. You have gone this so effortlessly. <laughs> you have won, you can go ahead, tell them. Here we go, here's the hook. Mommy. Uh. Oh, come on. This is this is great. This is high quality. Uh, I I think I would rather watch Twilight. Do I didn't you watch Twilight? 
against my will. How is it against your will? Wait, I, hold on. We got to hold on. So you watch Twilight. That in itself is okay. I mean, a lot of people have. Two, but Two things. One, once again, it was so I could state a valid opinion on it rather than going by the bias of everybody else. I could validly state that I saw it and it sucked ass. So you you were just you were doing it for research in other words. You're saying that you watched you actually watched Twilight because you wanted to have a valid uh, reason to criticize it. You wanted to make sure that it was, you know, valid. Yes. I'm sorry if that makes me sad so, or so something. So it was it was for research. And two, there was a hot chick involved. Did you make out with her during the movie? No. No, not even close. Well, then, then why not? She had a boyfriend, kind of. Oh. Well, then that that defeats the whole purpose. You, Trust me, I was taking bathroom trips as much as possible. Yeah, as in like for the whole two hours. Yeah, it was a really long dump. All right, speaking of yeah. long dumps, uh, you actually set this <laughs> up perfectly. Uh, number eight. Hey, look, it's everybody's favorite chick, dude, thing. Uh, it's Lady Gaga. Here's Alejandro. <laughs> If we ever do those those transsexual stories, this is where this this song comes in. All right, now at number seven, it's um, it's Mike Posner at number seven with Cooler Than Me. Song to make you fall in love. I would already have you up under my arm. I use the ball of my tricks. I hope that you like. I like people that go watch Twilight like this song. You got Wow. Every time we do this segment, you're adding to another week of therapy I need later <laughs> in life. Well, I'm already in therapy. What are you talking about? Number six, it's LaRue. This is bulletproof, complete with what appears to be the Mega Man. Mega Man music, or, or what was that one game I used? Bionic Commando. Metro. You know, I have to admit, this song is, is starting to grow on me a little bit. It is. I, I, I don't know how I feel about that, but I'm, I admit it. I'm starting to get into it. It's the Mega Man track in the background.
Didn't think I could hit that note. And then we have yet another chick artist, but this is like a real chick artist. Well, sort of. Uh, oh. Well, I mean, you know. you know, it's up for speculation. It's Kesha with a dollar sign with uh, your love is my drug. Get ready for the screaming. Here it is. And number four, it's Usher. I don't think love should be like heroin. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, Usher with uh, OMG. No, you're saying it all wrong, Mike. OMG. OMG. Luda. Oh, my gosh. I must admit... The lyric writing session for this must have been intense. Yeah, I got the inspiration to write this song by eating a bunch of Cheerios and SpaghettiOs. That's where the lyrics came from. Oh, 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 oh. Correction, I wrote this song while looking at my alphabet cereal. Alright, number three, it's Travi McCoy with with Billionaire. I want to be a billionaire so freaking bad. Buy all of the things I never had. I hate this song. I do too. That's why... No, this is like my number one hate. Seriously, probably above all the others. Well, I wouldn't get too excited yet because there's still B.O.B. at number two with airplanes. We pretend that airplanes in the night sky like shooting stars. I could really use a wish right now, wish right now, wish right now. Can we pretend that airplanes in the night sky like shooting stars? Yeah. I could really use a gun right now. I could really use a gun right now. Yeah, let's party like it's 99. Everyone's fine. Doing time. Incarcerated. Masturbated. See, I can I can freestyle. And many people think that white folks can't freestyle. I can freestyle, yo. My new album. I wrote the song It was the number one song Around my school I wrote this one song Man it was awesome What you want me to sing it Well I was I was was, Yeah I was sort of Waiting for the payoff there I'm not gonna sing it Hell no It was stupid I I was just trying to prove a point That anybody can rap well, I don't know how it could be uh, any worse than that. I don't. 
I mean, that's stupid, and that's number two on the pop chart. It's only eclipsed by one song. Well, for now. Well, well, okay. I suppose I can I can let you in on the secret song. Okay. <laughs> it, it went as such. Who's there? Who's there? Gummy, gummy, gummy bears. Who's there? Who's there? Gummy, gummy, gummy bears. That's the whole song. Just repeat that for like three minutes. I think I think Bob has another song. I think you should sue him because that's the, when that comes out, you're gonna have a case because you said it right here. Yeah, I got a new idea for a song called "Let's Go Gummy Bears." Yeah, we're gonna pull that out right now. Yo, uh, let's go, let's go Gummy Bears. Uh, this he take creative license with it, change it up a little bit. Yeah, gummy bears bouncing here and there and everywhere. High adventure that beyond compare. We am the gummy bears. Uh, uh. <laughs> I can see that rising to number one right now. Speaking of the number one song, number one in the country this week. Oh, for yet another week, it's Katy Perry, California Girls. Whatever. There it is. Ah. I accidentally She'll melt my popsicle So there you go. That's your pop chart for the week. Uh, oh, man. Thank God it's over. You know what sucks is I'm awake now. I, I, I was oh, At the God. beginning of this segment, see, I was going to bring back the Michael Graff power nap segment. <laughs> you know, I thought, I thought that that was a really a, an innovative idea I had a couple years ago where we do a power nap segment. No other talk show in the country had that idea. We would <laughs> It would just be a segment of the show. Not the whole show, just a segment, like 15 or 20 minutes, a, t- a true power nap. And, you know, we'd play some nice music. And then, of course, I had to do the pop chart segment. You can't uh, yeah. go to sleep to that music. That's that, that is one thing about that stuff. You can't go to sleep to it. I want to be a billionaire so freaking bad. God. You could, uh, go to, you could go to permanent sleep to that. I want to be a billionaire so freaking bad. <laughs> By all of the things I never had. I'm a good boy. I'm uh, a good boy. I'm a good boy. <laughs> Wow, you you can't. That's one thing for sure. You 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 want to punch a, a plate glass window when that stuff comes on. All right, um, transitioning from that, uh, something I, that probably leaves just as bad as the taste in your mouth. Yeah, from one countdown to another. From one countdown to another. Here's um, James. He's got the what are these? The ten most expensive board games. Yes, the top ten most expensive board games, ladies and gentlemen. And not surprisingly, like seven, eight of them are just chess boards. Which, you know, I mean, that's always exciting. Hmm. I do enjoy a good game of chess, though. I won't deny that. Well, I mean, who doesn't? There's no- uh, well, There's nothing people wrong who with listen chess. to the pop chart, probably. Well, true. I mean, they, you know... Chess, that's the oh, thing. With... Yeah. I, I am just full of... You're just shots. up there with yeah. the zingers. All right, well, 
I suppose uh, the best way to transition to this would be to just get on with it. Standing in at number 10, the Jock's 4.4-inch 1850 chest set, standing in at $5,549. Wow. Let's see. Jocks is a family game business with an illustrious path. Sorry, illustrious path. Illustrious. Yeah, illustrious. Sorry. A copy of a design produced between 1850 and 1851. The chest pieces are crafted from fine boxwood and jet black ebony, also made from leather and brass. Mm. Limited edition of 250. So it's a copy of an antique. You know, I've seen uh, something like that before. Um, I can't, I was in, I think somewhere in Northern Arizona. And uh, I saw something like that. And I remember it was selling for like $2,000. And I, 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 Distinctly remember this, and I thought, "Wow, two thousand dollars for a chess set!" You know, I and I thought as a kid, I was like, "Yeah, I don't think there's going to be anybody any time in in this country where anybody's going to have that kind of discretionary income." Well, now here we are, and things are so much better that be the hundred thousand dollar iPhone cover, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just thinking like right now, some guy is sitting down there by the light rail here in Phoenix, and he's like. The guy would give anything for a sandwich or a beer or something. You know, the guy used to have like a home. He used to live up on Camelback Mountain, and now he's down there. <laughs> he's this whole thing, like his all of his stocks, his four hundred one k went in the toilet. He's living on the street now, and here he's hearing about some guy paying five thousand five hundred dollars for a chess set. Well, it only gets worse from here, Mike. Remember, I just struck number ten. Yeah, we still we still got a other Mike. We still got a whole countdown to get to. A whole countdown. All right, go ahead. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Standing in at number nine, the made in Firenze chess table. The very short description: rather ornate onyx table, stools, and chess pieces. The entire thing is made out of onyx. That's oh. literally just the entire description, and it stands in at uh, four thousand nine hundred eighty euros, which would be about ten thousand American. Almost ten. Give or take. Yeah. Well, so, the, the euros dropped some now. It, it'd only be about yeah. six thousand. I mean, a bargain. <laughs> a bargain. That's twice the price. A bargain. That's twice the price. All right. All right. Let's see. Number eight, the Outrageous Deluxe. And this one I have no idea. I'll, I'll give the entire description and stop me if you have any idea what it is. New from Parker Brothers. Yeah. Uh, a game about stealing the crown jewels. The board represents the Tower of London. A solid mahogany cabinet. The crown jewels are set in 18 karat solid gold studded with Rubies, sapphires, diamonds, and emeralds include two packs of cards edged with gold leaf, holder of the Guinness World Record as the most expensive board game in the world, which makes no sense. Stands in at uh, about 8,000 euros, which would be, I don't know, like 12,000 American, maybe more. Give or take a couple of dollars. Mm -hmm. It it sort of looks like... um, Sorry, only with the insides all messed up. It's, 
hard. And they got this little pull-out thing with all the pieces and, you know, the gold leaf cards and wherever. And uh, and the whole thing, I'm just I'm just looking at it and I'm going, what's the difference between this and a classic game of Monopoly, you, you know? You don't want to lose any of those pieces. Yeah, I mean, like, you lose the shoe in Monopoly. Well, I vacuumed up one of them. Yeah, well, we're going to take that vacuum apart. Why? Because that game cost 8,000 <laughs> euro, for God's sake. That I mean, Ruby, Sapphire's. I mean, my God, man, what is wrong with you? You got a jewelry store for a for a friggin' game. <laughs> yeah. All right, well. Well, now this one is just stupid. Let's see. The Antiquarian Trader, standing at number seven, has game tables that includes this chess table with hand-sculpted solid bronze chess pieces standing in at $20,000 American. Boof. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind paying like fifty bucks for a Harry Potter chessboard, and that's pushing it. But twenty thousand dollars for a chessboard, uh, uh-uh. uh, you know. And you you get the pieces, obviously, but. Yeah. Who, who, with any self-respect? I mean, besides like Robbie Fisher, maybe. I mean, that guy, maybe. Yeah, Bobby. Maybe. Bobby Fisher would, but see. He would just have that hand and somebody would give him that. Because yeah, he's I mean, the best chess player in the world. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on to more insanity. Standing at number six, the Baltic Amber Chess Set. Let's see. Each figurine is carved from massive clear ember gemstone. Also gold and expensive wood, quote-unquote. So, you know, thinking like rosewood only times ten, which wow. is hard to imagine. <laughs> the pieces represent Christian versus Muslims. I'm not kidding. The, apparently the whites are Christians and the black side is Muslims. And it so stands the, in so the Muslim side, they have like bombs? Do they have like suicide <laughs> bombs? And- yeah, yeah, the, palm, the pawns are... Suicide bombers. The king. Rook you know, takes uh, out. Uh, Rook uh, takes out everything. I'm sorry. <laughs> Board included. Game over. <laughs> That's always good. And it stands in at twenty five thousand dollars. And I get seventy two chess pieces when I die. <laughs> and I get to have six with them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my question. Why not just go out, get some money, and buy the 72 whores yourself? Better yet, why don't we just have a, a real-life uh, animation of that? Of the <laughs> Muslim verse. Oh, wait, we already have that every day. Yeah. Uh, oh, shit, yeah. Like, show me your ankles. I, I will pay you $30 if you show me ah! your ankles. Oh, you whore. Oh, oh that is so nice. Ankles. You've got ankle bones. Oh, my God. I'd never seen. All right. <laughs> Moving on to number uh, five. Okay. The quote-unquote Go set. Go is the ancient game of Japan, China, and Korea and considered one of the four arts of the Chinese gentleman. I have no idea what this game is. Let's see. Boards, bowls, and stones range in prices from a few bucks for mass-produced stuff to thousands of dollars for hand-carved items. 
Of course, if an antique board from ancient dynasty, the price is probably million dollars or priceless. Uh, let's see. Casito offers a gold board, just the board, for $19,000. Stones are upwards of $45,000, and bowls of, are upwards of $1,000. Wow. Their worth is in the grain orientation, which can't be conveyed in pictures. The most beautiful board I know is from Yellow Mountain Imports. Exquisite board, one thousand one hundred seventy dollars. So basically, this can range from like you know, you know, really cheap to really expensive, and we have no idea how the game even works. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I've ever heard of it. Go. That's literally the name. Go. So, I. I'm not sure, but maybe it's like liar or BS or whatever, because from the looks of the balls and the stones, like you might, you know, you put it on the table upside down and call BS or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. All right. <laughs> we we can't make any jokes about it since we know nothing of the game except the price, which, you know, even that they don't set in stone. They just say $1,000 for this, 2000 for that. So, let's just move on to number four. Let's see. The Zonix Game Silver and Leather Chess Set. Zonix makes luxury board games out of classic and modern games. Let's see. Zontic licenses game from an outfit called Jeffrey Parker, which also has its own line of luxury games. Let's see. Costs up to $62,450. dollars mm. That is, uh, oof. I have, it looks like chess, but not quite, because pieces are different. I have no idea what's going on with that game again. For, like, the fifth game in a row, we have no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah, so, let's see. They also make backgammon, Monopoly, and Trivial Pursuit up to 7000 to 30000 But they make Monopoly with real money. Yeah, they... I actually looked that up because I was surprised it wasn't on the list, you know. They're with uh, rubies and sapphires and whatnot. Yeah. The car is an actual car. The board is a real-life-size game board. Yeah. It's like, Takes up a whole mile. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Okay, so um, standing at number three, we finally have something we could probably make fun of. We have the Charles Hollander Royal Diamond Chess Set. Made out of 14 karat white gold and 19 over 9,000 black and white diamonds. It <laughs> took more than 4,500 hours to make it by 30 artisans. Uh, just go ahead and guess the cost, Mike. Uh... 9,900 black and white diamonds and 14 karat white gold. Four thousand five hundred hours a, and thirty artisans. A, a quarter of a million dollars. More. Re, uh, half a million. Bingo! Half a million dollars. Wow. <laughs> oh man! Every time I do these lists, I try to make jokes, but I just end up doing face palms, knowing that somewhere out there, a guy has this in his living room. We well, you know. Chess is a different kind of game. Chess is one of the oldest games, and 
I understand people that have nice chess sets. I, I've seen them. I, like I said, not just in Northern Arizona, but I've seen it in people's homes that they have these nice chess sets. But, you know, nice chess sets are a couple hundred dollars and maybe maybe they're sort of, uh, maybe they're like uh, an oak or like a, a really nice uh, cut chess set with a beautiful table that goes along with it. I mean, a few yeah, like hundred I bucks. I mean, there was I, some- I, I get it, but. Half a million dollars. You have artisans put together this 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 thing. It's got nine, almost ten thousand diamonds. God. I mean, like I said, I, those this Harry Potter withered chest set. I wouldn't I wouldn't have mind paying like fifty bucks for that. It was pretty cool looking, but I mean, what was that movie uh, Blood Diamond or whatever? Uh, the, the no it's, Harry it, Potter. Chess no, no, no set, I'm talking know? about the the movie Blood Diamond where they they. They're, the sole purpose of getting the the diamonds out of the mines where people keep dying is just so we can have uh, so we can put them on chess sets and iPhone covers. <laughs> oh man, this is uh, your somewhere out there. There's some poor guy begging for a sandwich, and he's too busy spending all that money on this lovely chess set. I'm sorry, sir. I can't spare a dime. Why not? Uh, because I spent it all on this beautiful chess set. I say. Would you like to play a game? Would you like to play don't, a game, chess set? Don't steal any, though. Each of these are made of pure diamonds. It's not like you've got anything better to do, I say. <laughs> oh, here's a cup of tea, though. Oh, pip pip and all that rot, sir. <laughs> Charm, of course, naturally. The key to making a good podcast is to make it as long as possible. Ugh. All right. Well, transitioning away from that, coming in at number two, the Charles Hollander backgammon set. Mm, backgammon, a, a game I still don't understand. Yeah, I, I think I played it once, and I had no idea what I was doing, and I still won. <laughs> and I was playing against my brother, so. All right, so anyway, the standing at number two, Charles Hollander backgammon set. Made out of 61,800 and, uh, sorry, 61,082 black, white, and yellow diamonds, 6.77 kilograms of gold, <laughs> 150 grams of silver, the playing pieces are also ringed with diamonds. It took more than 10,000 hours to make. Uh, man, I, I ran out of breath just telling you how much crap there was on that. That's got to be worth more than a million bucks. Go ahead. Let's play the guessing game again. That's got to be like, that's got to be a million, right? More. A uh, million five. Uh, correct. Somewhere between one point five and two million dollars. Eh, man, that is. I have a headache. Yeah, really. I mean, uh, let me read it right. Sixty-one thousand eighty-two black, white, and yellow diamonds, six point seventy-seven kilograms of gold, and one hundred and fifty grams of silver, and the playing pieces themselves are studded with diamonds. Ah, oh, man, that's... And to think we could have spent 10,000 man-hours towards science, but nope. 
some jackass needed his pure diamond and gold and silver backgammon. I'm set. sorry, sir, but I need my backgammon. There'll be plenty of time for AIDS research later. More cancer. Mm, <laughs> yes. Screw cancer. I have backgammon to play. <laughs> All right. Can I get a drum roll, please? Uh, yes, actually you can, because I have it right here in front of me. Standing in at number one, the Joyal Royale chess set. Currently being made, it's still in production, by the Boodles, uh, by Boodles from Gold and Platinum. And set with diamonds, emeralds, rubies, sapphires, and pearls. Details are still forthcoming. Wow. So we still don't even know how much this thing is completely worth. But right now, the cost is over 5 million pounds. Wow. That's about, what, 7.5 million American? Yeah. Ugh. And it's still being made, so it, we're still tacking on. That's like that's like the national debt clock that keeps running. The the cost of gold, gold platinum, and diamonds, emeralds, rubies, sapphires, and pearls. And just to round it out, we're also using uh, Einsteinium and rubidium, and uh, and uh, and anything else on the periodic table. We're also we're using putting some iron fifty six. Yeah. We're using that element from Pandorum that doesn't exist. So, you know. Unobtainium. <laughs> yeah, unobtainium. We're putting unobtainium and we're putting, uh, what was it, uh, and cadmium in there. And it's also going to be made from Jesus's hair. We're going to use part of the Shroud of Turin to make this. <laughs> well, no, they'll probably blow it up then. Yes! Ah, oh, man. Well, to be fair, the Shroud of Tyrion, it's worth $5 million American itself. Wow. Is that all it's worth? Yeah, it's, um... Let's see, it was like 10,000 man-hours or something like that. I think it was like... I forget if it was either $50 million or $5 million. I, I would. It would have to be $50 million. I mean, really, it would have to be priceless. It's the Shroud of Turin, but I would say that if 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 you're gonna give me one of those two to choose, I would say it's got to be fifty million. Yeah, I would think. I mean, Jesus was on that, and you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my God, who the hell, who with any dignity or respect, is going to pay seven point five million dollars American for a chessboard? I don't know. I mean, I mean people spend $800 on a phone and and $5,000 on on shoes. So I don't know. I mean, people have a lot of discretionary income even in this in these troubled times. In these terrible times, you know. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen, the most expensive board games, most of them were chess games, and uh, the most yeah. expensive one is the most expensive, but we don't really know how much so. Yeah. To be, it's, it's TBD. It's to be determined. Yeah. All right, now. Actually, um, yeah. well, never mind. What, what? <laughs> Nothing, never mind. Never mind. 
All right, now we have uh, everybody's favorite part of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to give you a glimpse into the religion of peace. It's time to go back about uh, 15 centuries, back to a simpler time where people were barbaric. And uh, yes, it's a little slice of the 5th century right here in the year 2010. It's Islam. It's the Iranians. And uh, this is this is great. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this story. I don't think we talked about this story on the air. But now there's a, an Iranian woman. She's been convicted of adultery. <laughs> oh, what? Did she show her ankles or worth get <laughs> her arms? Maybe? Yeah, she winked at a dude somewhere. <laughs> uh, she's now he, there's some good news. An Iranian woman convicted of adultery will not be stoned to death. Oh, oh that's wow. but. But she's she still. She still. She may still face execution in the Islamic Republic. Iran's embassy in London announced on Thursday. Uh, yeah. Sakina Muhammadi Ashtiani, 42, a mother of two, was found guilty of adultery in 2006. She was already. She'd already spent five years in prison and endured. Uh, 99 lashes for her illicit relationship with two men, but she still is condemned to be put to death. On Thursday, Iran's embassy in the UK issued a press release saying that Ashtiani will not be stoned, but it gave no indication that her life will be spared. Quote, according to information from the relevant judicial authorities in Iran. She will not be executed by stoning punishment, the embassy uh, said in a statement on Thursday. Quote, it is notable that this kind of punishment has rarely been implemented in Iran and uh, various means and remedies must be probed and exhausted to finally come up with such a punishment. It should be added that the stoning punishment has not been cited in the uh, draft Islamic panel code uh, being deliber- uh, d- uh, deliberated in the Iranian parliament. So uh, she's a, uh, she has a 22-year-old son who remains unconvinced that his mother will be spared from stoning. So there's, there's a lot going on here. There you go. That's your religion of peace. That's your religion. Yeah, we might not stone her to death. We might, you know, execute her. What did she do? Honestly. Relations with two men? Oh, yes, honey, I'm going to kiss you on the cheek. We're married now. Let's see. Uh, At least 139 executions have taken place in Iran this year. Uh, da, 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 da. She said 10 people, including three women, are currently facing execution by stoning. Iran had faced widespread criticism over the stoning sentence. Among those who issued statements condemning the sentence was uh, the U.S. State Department Senate Foreign Relations Committee Chairman John Kerry and, yes, European Union Foreign Affairs Chief Catherine Ashton. A spokesman for the State Department said Thursday what the agency has uh, the agency has grave concern about this. 
And that is Shtiani's punishment does not fit the crime. Uh, and of course, you know, humans, human rights violations and all of that. You know, yeah. all, that, all that just sort of trivial stuff that Iran regularly sort of brushes aside. What? Human rights, human rights. That's what we say, sir. Well, they've executed slightly more, slightly less people than they have in Texas, but I'm... Man. Yeah. But at least in Texas, you know, you're going to get killed if you actually, you know, did something that merits being killed. Retarded, gay. Well, I mean... Um, yeah. yeah. I, I apologize. It, it, it that is. was a little... Oh, we that don't. was a little mean. We don't need no, them. No. Uh, we don't need them fags running around here. To tell you what, boy. But again, uh, if they executed, they retarded. They would have executed George Bush a long time ago. Well, they. Yeah. Uh, aren't I just full of zingers? Tonight? You're, you're just you're chuck full of those. I tell you. All right, uh, that's it. That's your religion of peace update. I thought I had to throw that in there. We covered every, a little bit of everything, a little bit of the Oakland riots. Didn't really get into much of that. Uh, they did have some riots up there. Uh, not uh, Everything is under control now, but uh, that's a serious situation. A lot of racial tensions uh, running uh, up there in uh, Oakland. I uh, mentioned the heat wave. We mentioned a little bit of everything. I, I think we, we covered most yeah. of it. Yeah, let's bail out of here oh, and, before and, I uh, another bad pun, you know. And uh, the Major League Baseball All-Star Game coming up on Tuesday. And it looks like, uh, for those of you that were interested and concerned about it, Joey Votto is going to be on the team. Uh, the fans voted him in at the last um, the last spot that was available. It was a joke that he was left off in the first place. What a joke. All-Star Game is a joke anyway. I mentioned I thought Steven Strasburg should be on the All-Star team. The guy is a... He, listen, it's called an All-Star Game. I know the guy just came up to the major leagues a month ago. I, I understand that. He's already a star. And he's good. It's not like he came out of nowhere and he had the hype and he didn't match it. He This, this is legit. Uh, the All-Star Game is a joke anyway. The fact that you have to have a representative from every team is stupid as well. Then again, I guess that's okay because at least uh, an Arizona Diamondback will be there. Otherwise, I don't think that would happen. Yeah. It is unfortunate, though. All right. Uh, anyway, that's, uh, that's, that's that. Mike at KMGX.com. That's... The email address, it's mike at kmgx.com. Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. It's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-R-O-F-F Show. AOL Instant Messenger. Of course, I'm remissing my duties here. I, I should have also mentioned that mike at kmgx.com is also the PayPal address. Yeah. For Donate many of, $20 or more and I draw something for you. Yes. Yeah. Something scandalous. Oh. Something that... You better not try and check out from the library or else the mother yeah. will yell at you. All right, and... Mother would approve of what I draw. Yeah. I could draw you a picture, but... <laughs> you'd be like, what's all that? And I'd say, well, that's, that's, it's a picture. It's a picture of a, of a beautiful house. And they'd say, that looks like a house after Katrina. 
And I'd say, listen, you know what? Um, so that's that's that. You can always donate. MichaelGroff.com for anything else. Michael Groff related. Um, let's hope BP gets it together and get the gets the cap on that uh, well over the weekend. I I remain skeptical. That's that's where I'm at with this whole cap thing. Cap on. Cap off. Yeah. All right. Let's Beating see. Uh, thanks to James for joining us uh, here digitally as he does and for, you know, just being the zinger master tonight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. No need for applause, please. And uh, thanks to me because without me, it wouldn't really be much of a show. Yeah. Thank you very much, Mike. Well, <laughs> and uh, I want to thank Al Gore for taking the time to invent the internet. Thank you, Mr. Gore. Without that, how would we find out about your love trysts? <laughs> man, you talk about... I really haven't talked about that on the show, but man, what? how great is that? Al Gore, Mr. Personality, getting involved with some broad in Portland, allegedly. All right, we'll see you next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. See you then. Good night. Peace. Everybody. Bye-bye.